as it has been, is over. That phase was on fun. Let's be ready for anything. Welcome back to Seth Phasers the Fun, everybody. Look at this. Week nine, how we've grown. Let's start off as we always do with our viewer mail, listener mail. No, no, no questions to speak of at the moment. Uh, the phone lines are open. I think our last I... podcast made everyone want to spend some time in quiet reflection. <laughs> yes. I think they were just like, I need to mull this one over a little bit, which is a valid response. So thank you. The two people who listen to this podcast, thank you. Uh, fans of the week, Jenna and running fans of the week, Jenna and Brystopher, uh got into a little conversation. Uh, seems like they've uh, they're hitting it off. They're in, they're not fighting over uh, accolades. They're oh. just they're being simpatico. It's uh, it's it's heartwarming. That's very twenty fourth century of them. <laughs> it really is putting aside their their squabbles and finding di- diplomacy. They're carrying forth the spirit of the show. Uh, and you, Megan Gogarty, online, uh, misspelled Joe Piscopo. What? Yeah, I was your tweet, drunk. Your tweet yesterday. I was drunk. You were drunk. You were. I was hopped up on Synthahol. Lauren, in defiance of Larry Pontius, found a Next Generation onesie and procured it for our coming baby daughter. <laughs> Hooray! This is incredible. We've entered what appears to be the board nursery. And she got uh, read for command. She did. Which is Uh, the only way to go. Good job, Lauren. We're pretty sure Larry's not listening to this anymore, right? Well, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Why would he? He's the worst. Yeah. (laughs) He's been defeated. If he's man enough to uh, speak up, we'd like to hear it. (laughs) Hailing frequencies. Open. No response. Gogs, what are we talking about today? Uh, I thought we would talk about to crush her or not to crush her. We're going to talk about Beverly and Wesley Crusher, if they are, as reported, the best slash worst on the whole series. And put that to the test. Is it true that Wesley's the worst? And is it true that Bev's the best? And how is it possible that they are related? And yet, believable. I did pull an audio clip uh, from the last episode where Beverly says, Wesley's so smart he had trouble making friends. (laughs) Which explains so much. I don't know. I thought in the 24th century, everybody would just appreciate your... That's how annoying Wesley is. He, even in the 24th century, people don't like him when they like everybody. So the first time through, I was like, Wesley, someone needs to light you on fire. And then I went through and was like, oh, poor Wesley. Or rather, poor Will Wheaton that you had to be saddled with Wesley, right? So then I went through a pity Wesley phase. And now I've come back around and now I'm experimenting. It's just an experiment, Charlie, but I'm experimenting with appreciating Wesley. Like what happens if I approach a show with the attitude that Wesley is not that bad? Let's just, for, if, if, that's our, if that's our thesis, what does that, where, where does that bring us? Because the things that make him really annoying, in the, at least in the first couple of seasons, are his terrible taste in chunky knit sweaters, um, his aw shucks golly gee demeanor about the bridge, like he hasn't grown up in Starfleet. It hasn't been on a ship all day long. Mm. Right. And his whole life. Like, do you know, like, come on. The, surely right. the shine has, has rubbed off Wesley. Uh, and also his sort of, um, 
he both imperils and saves the ship alternatingly, right? That like that narrative is annoying. But you take those things away, mm-hmm. and what are you left with? You're left with an Adam's Apple teen who's just trying to make it in this crazy world. In the early ep- the, the early episodes are interesting. Uh, so they abandoned this about Picard to a certain extent, but Picard's thing was like he hates kids. Right. It's not like I'm uncomfortable around them, which is what he kind of morphed into, but it was like actively, I want to smother all children <laughs> and blow them off the airlock uh, into space. And Wesley was like kind of the, took the brunt of that. Uh, the famous shut up Wesley um, clip. Yes, which we love. I love it. Shut up, Wesley. You're probably about to hear it. Shut up, Wesley. And it was deserved. Absolutely, but he was also correct. Because that was not data, that was lore. Yeah, see? Wesley saving the ship. He was poorly conceived. Wesley Crusher as a character was poorly drawn. Yes, I agree. And they try to redeem him. Like, he doesn't get into Starfleet right away, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially since, and it kind of flies in the face of all the narrative pipe that they had laid in the previous seasons about how he's such a boy wonder. He's such a genius. Yeah. How, if he's such a genius, how come we couldn't get into Starfleet the first time? Are you going to tell me that the 24th century is so chock full of boy geniuses that they're like, <laughs> get in line? You didn't make the cut? Sorry. Try being a little more geniuser next time. Shut up, Wesley. He is a boy genius slash interdimensional god being. Um, it's all it's all very inconsistent. You know, it's the interdimensional god being that is the most annoying thing about Wesley. Because what it is, is he's got an out. He's got a trump card he can play. I was thinking about this the other day. I was making dinner for my family, which is maybe my least favorite thing to do on earth outside of like breaking rocks with a hammer. Like, I don't like to cook. Nobody likes it when I cook. It was just circumstances were such that I had to be the one who's cooking. So I'm cooking and the children are ungrateful about it. And it's everyone is miserable. And I was in a great mood. I was like, I cannot be deterred because I knew I was going to rehearsal in an hour. So I'm like, misery it up, friends. I, I'm, a, I, I, you cannot burst my bubble of cheer because I knew I had an out, right? I had an out of this situation. I just had to tolerate it for X amount of minutes and then I was out. So thinking back to Wesley, Wesley's an interdimensional God being. And at any second, he can just be like, peace out. I'm going to go travel with the travelers. Like, he doesn't have to actually be committed into the moment that he's in. He doesn't have to, like, the stakes are very low for him. Remember that episode, his last episode, where he's in the cave with Picard, and Picard's dying, and they're like, how do I get the water? And it's got a force field. And there was that, like, uh-huh. drunk captain who's all like, ah, you don't know nothing. Like, you remember that episode? <laughs> I, absolutely, yeah. Okay, see, let's say the worst happens. Let's say that Wesley dies of thirst. You know what's going to happen? The interdimensional god-being traveler's going to show up and be like, hey, Wesley, maybe you don't want to die of thirst. Maybe you want to come with me and travel the universe and learn about stuff. Time has no meaning. So it doesn't even matter if I'm 15 minutes late to pick you up because time is the circle or whatever. (laughs) Now, that would be a good true detective casting. Wesley and uh, the weird traveler guy. (laughs) Or Wesley and that drunk captain. Oh, I wish the drunk captain was in more stuff because he's such a, he just cuts out the malarkey. He 
he's a malarkey detector and just cuts straight through it. Except for that, he, he, uh, the problem with the drunk captain is he broke one of the cardinal rules, which is don't underestimate Captain Picard. It's true. Like, so many characters come in, they underestimate Captain Picard to their peril. That's like a running motif. So that's where he went wrong. Right. He underestimated Picard. That means it could respond to heat or colonated energy. If you're right, we can use a phase of lure it away. Hold on. We need to know what we're dealing with before we do anything. Enough talking, enough thinking. It's time to do something. I'll start firing. Let me ask you this. On the episode where Wesley, uh, they go to the, the planet where all the people run around in, in, in tissues and have oh, sex all the time. The sexy and he gets planet. Sen- yeah, he gets sentenced to die. That was beautiful. Do you think for a second they thought, eh, we'll just leave him? <laughs> You think Picard is ever like, ah, Prime Directive, sorry. Sorry, Wes. And Beverly just shrugged. And then then Picard did the the cut communication symbol. This is where nepotism gets you. Because nobody wants to make Bev mad. She is so beloved. Beverly is so... Nobody hates Beverly. Nobody has has a grudge against Beverly. Beverly is so beloved. They're like, uh. They put up with Wesley on... For Beverly, like they don't. If they let Wesley die, then they'd have to answer to Beverly, and nobody wants to be in that situation. I was thinking about how Beverly is beloved. You remember that episode where she falls in love with the guy who's part parasite, and she doesn't realize that he's a parasite, and that his body that she knows is just a host, and then the host body dies, and they have to get in a new host body. Do you remember this? Episode? Oh, sure, yeah, the trill. The, the trill. trill. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so. While the new host body is on order, they go ahead and to keep the parasite warm, they stick it in like a temporary body. And the temporary body they choose is Riker's body, right? So there's this like whole like middle act two of the, of the show where Riker is making moony eyes at Beverly because he's really this parasite. And Beverly has to decide whether she can accept love from her trill boyfriend in the Riker package. Right. And what struck me about this episode, I was watching it just the other day, what struck me about it is that Troy, who has this whole torrid long history with Riker, is totally chill about the fact that he's about to get sexy with Beverly. Like she's really grown up about it. She's like, you know what? Do it, Bev. Accept that love in that Riker package. You ride that Riker popsicle all the way to the bank. It's fine. I'm totally into polyamory. It's no problem at all. And I'm like, Troy, you're a, a Troy, you're a badass. B, that's how much people love Beverly. They're like, go ahead, have sex with my boyfriend. It's fine. <laughs> also, Picard in that episode is like, what? You're getting busy with a Trill ambassador? You know what? None of my business. See you at our next breakfast. Good luck to you. I don't know who you are. You must understand. Whoever I whoever I seem to be, I am Odan, who loved you. That has not changed. I still love you. I'm sorry to get off track, but I uh, I just clicked on the Drunk Captain's website. Uh, it's nicktate.com. And it's him talking. He, he starts off like, hello, welcome to my website. That's like awesome. a, an audio clip. It's great. He's still alive. Megan... There is zero things keeping us from making a fan series with him as the captain of that show. <laughs> what would we call it? 
drunk captain. Drunk captain. Uh, maybe there's a better a better choice out there. <laughs> this is where uh, our yeah. You come up with a better title than drunk captain. No, there is really none. Uh, his name is Deergo. Deergo. Um, the troublesome little man child. Oh, Wesley. He sure did know a lot about the ship. Like, from the moment he set foot on it, he knew a ton about the ship. That's because he was making little models from the time he was a kid. Which is a little pathological, to make a model of the ship that you're on. I mean, think about that, Charlie. You're in a house right now. What if you were making a little model of a house with you in? That's the same as your house that you're in. And you're, like, putting in your little little model couch with your little model Fonville on it. Like after a while, and that model Fonville, he's making a model house. And inside that model house is a model Fonville making a model house. Like it gets a little like this is, this is, that's the path to crazy town. It's a real Schrodinger's Fonville situation. A hundred percent. It's the kind of thing that makes you invent nanites that go awry. That's the kind of thing that makes you go, F this noise, I'm going to be a traveler. Like, this is, I think we found the, the root of Wesley's pathology. Is he cares too much about the Enterprise. He's a teenager. He should be like, I can't wait to get off this ship and go exploring in the mines of Catran or whatever. I just made up that Catran thing. But to my point is, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he I should be like, I got to get off this rock. Right? Here's my, here's another issue I have with Wesley. So that, that terrible episode where they all play the the game, where everybody gets in the mind control game. Oh, yeah, the sort of Farmville of the 24th century. <laughs> so Wesley's on leave from the Academy, right? Yes. And he's a kid still. There's no way he is not first in line to play that game. It's not like he's like, oh, nah, I'll do it later. Nope, don't worry about me. I'm suspicious of games. I got too much homework to do. He's not, he's, I, I know that the girlfriend is there, but... Man, he is—he is all over that. Yeah, it doesn't fit the—it doesn't fit the profile. You can't be a, a genius and not play video games. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. In fact, that's another sign that there's something maybe a little mentally ill happening with Wesley. You think Bev maybe got hit with a phaser when she was pregnant? Mm. Is that what we're—is that the euphemism for Jack Crusher? <laughs> He's like, want to see my phaser? I set my phaser to party, Bev. (laughs) That's his pickup Uh, line. Weirdly, it worked. I don't know how to describe it, but there's this connection, this bond. Whenever he and his friends did the dangerous maneuver that killed his friend. Oh, yeah, at the academy. His punishment was he had to repeat the grade, his grade, like repeat that year and do his coursework again, which he probably loved. That's like punishing somebody being like, well, you ate so much pizza, you have to go live Mm -hmm. in the pizza hut. (laughs) Oh, no. That stinks. Breadsticks for breakfast. And more so. His real punishment was disappointing everybody who believed in him. <laughs> this is the thing that makes me alternatingly have sympathy for Wesley. Because at the, at the end of the day, he's just a big dweeb who mm-hmm. wants the older kids to be uh, impressed by him or respect him. Like, he's just a big dweeb who wants to be valued. And I know a lot of dweebs who want to be valued. Perhaps one might even say... 
I am such a dweeb. So I feel like there's a stab of empathy there. Who doesn't want Captain Picard to be like, not bad, Wesley. I won't murder you in your sleep like you deserve. <laughs> and everybody who's not a dweeb wants to tell dweebs that they're dweebs. I think the people, up. I think the reason why fans hate Wesley so much is because he's too much like us. Absolutely. Like, it's like we watch the show for wish fulfillment, not right. for, not for a cold, hard reality staring us in the face, staring us in the Adam's apple. We don't want it. I will say it was real smart of the, the, the creators of the show or the writers kind of gave younger people an in that the original series didn't have. Yeah. Because you're able, through Wesley, you're able to, as a young dweeb, wherever you were in the U.S., you could imagine yourself as a uh, a dweeb on the Enterprise. If you're going to be a dweeb anywhere, a dweeb on the Enterprise is the way to go. And then you could, by, I guess maybe this is how the, why they did it, uh, by nature of Wesley's uh, over-the-top dweebishness and unlikability... We were, as young people watching the show, allowed to go like, well, if I were on the Enterprise, I would be really popular and I wouldn't annoy Captain Picard so much. <laughs> I would sit quietly <laughs> in the in the botany lab with uh, Keiko and uh, <laughs> and help out, and people and people would nod at me. Uh, and my and my unitards would be sleek <laughs> and not full of chunky homemade knits from crafts class that I took. That one time. Attention, all decks, all divisions. Effective immediately, I have handed over control of this vessel to acting Captain Wesley Crusher. Thank you, Captain Picard. Thank you. And with that order, dawns a brave new day for the Enterprise. No, I have a fondness in my heart for Wesley. He's so easy to make fun of, but I, I have to admit I have a fondness for him. Because he's just insufferable. I forgot about adult Wesley. When uh, when Q gave Riker the Qness, oh, and he becomes like J.C. Penny mannequin, Mattel Ken doll Wesley for a second. Yeah, yeah, that was good times. Look at that guy. <laughs> uh, no, there's no, th well, we are, we know what he looks like, uh, and that that is not it. Um, <laughs> he wishes. Here's the other thing I like about Wesley. Here's the other thing I've come to appreciate in my old age that I used to find irritating, but now I find sort of charming, is his mm -hmm. utter lack of social skills. Like, so many episodes feature Wesley being like, you're doing the science wrong. And then, like, somebody like Jordy has to be like, hey, Wes, maybe don't be a dick all the time. And he's like, oh, but they are doing the science wrong. And they're like, yeah, but maybe find another way to say it. And he's like, okay. I just love it. When Geordie's yeah. teaching you how to be like a social animal. When you're getting your social <laughs> skills from Geordie and Data, like that's low on the totem pole. But also I appreciate the impulse to be like, dude, your science is wrong. Get with my sure. science. My science is right. Like if it's right, it's right. Step to it. I get it. I'd be in that position. If we're being kind of consistent, people in the 24th century should be able to handle that kind of feedback. No but matter I guess what some, kind of Adam's apple is given it to you. Some people can't handle the truth that Wesley's slinging. That's right. Now I'm really worried that I'm like Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You remember early on there was like a backstory that like Wesley was supposed to 
hate and resent Picard for killing his dad. And that was mm-hmm. supposed to be like some baggage that Wesley had. Except, of course, right. that doesn't work at all. Because how can you hate and resent Captain Picard? You can't. He's too awesome. No. It's no. like you bring your little hate and resentment gun and then it's like, no, you're like your little hate and resentment knife and he's got a gun of awesome that just blasts your little knife away into shards of respect. Unless you're Cisco and Picard killed your whole family or your wife anyway as a Borg, as Locutus. Yeah, well, what do you want? He was Locutus. It wasn't Picard. It was Locutus. Yeah. Get over it, Cisco. Way to hold a grudge. Data and Wesley should have been real pals because they neither one of them had social skills. That's true. And Data wouldn't mind his occasional crappy manners and inability to score with chicks. He'd be like, "No, I don't have I don't have need for either of those, so it's fine." Uh-huh. Do you get kind of get the feeling that like Data and Jordy and Wesley all sat at the same lunch table, but there was this feeling like, "Oh, well Data is Jordy's friend." And I'm Jordy's friend. Like, Jordy is the real linchpin in that little threesome. Right. Like, on the day that Jordy has to take a shuttlecraft to Whereversville, and it's just Data and Wesley in the lunchroom that day, they're all like, what should we talk about? Remember that time when Jordy was here? Hmm. Like, he's the glue that holds that three, that little nerd threesome together. (laughs) I'm looking up some of Wesley's love interests. Uh, These costumes are something do you remember his like ski buddies or whatever i don't know what they were doing but (laughs) (laughs) what is happening uh there's an episode where was he friends with the power rangers (laughs) i i i really uh recommend people look up uh these I guess it's Wesley's ex-girlfriend or something. Uh, they're all wearing basically Power Rangers uniforms. Glorious. Uh, real strange. Sounds like it works great for the Klingons, but I think I need to try something a little less dangerous. Go to her door. Beg like a human. All right, so if Wesley's the worst, which we're on the... He's not the worst, but we're... A, yeah. He's a complicated guy. You know what? He is the worst, but he I find him to be a lovable worst. Like, I have affection for Wesley, even though he's clearly the worst. <laughs> right. And Beverly is someone everybody loves. I've never met anyone who's like, boo, Beverly. Everybody loves Beverly. We've talked about it before. She's not great. Well, doctor, doctor and wise. She's not the greatest doctor, but she, she has a, a warm bedside manner. Yeah, she radiates a kind of, I don't want to say matronly, but like kind of a maternal comfort. Sure. She she would she would give you chicken soup and then you'd be like, but my arm's broken. And she'd be like, shh, soup. Just take the soup. <laughs> Pour the soup on your broken arm. <laughs> and you're like, well, it doesn't heal my arm, but gosh darn it, Beverly, you're the best. Also, can you cure my third-degree burns I have on my arm from pouring this hot soup on it? And she'll be like, you better go see Ogawa, because I got nothing for you. Like, Wesley was off the show at the point where she fell in love with the ghost. Oh, yeah, he was gone by then, which is good. I think but, you don't want to be around when your mother falls in love with a ghost. I don't think their relationship would have been great. No. I don't know, maybe he'd be, like, really eager to please the ghost. 
Like, are you my new dad? And the ghost is like, gotta go, sorry. I'll find another life form to glom onto. Do you think that he would be all like, oh, maybe he'd go the other way. He'd be like, oh, you think you're so big and bad, you're a ghost? I'm an interdimensional traveler god being. So suck it, ghosty. Like, I wonder if he's got, you know, sometimes, like, people get a little competitive with their, like, step-parents. Mm-hmm. Maybe there could have been some of that. You know what never happened was a Q Wesley Traveler showdown. <gasps> that could have been interesting. Somebody needs to make that buddy movie. It's like Q like, Traveler and Wesley in a van, and they're, mm-hmm. like, like solving mysteries and going across the universe. I love it. Because Q, like, Q always got defeated by the Enterprise crew not being dicks. Like, Wesley, you know, Picard would be like, see, I told you, we weren't all dicks. And he's like, yeah, you were right. I gotta go. Um, <laughs> but if you introduce someone who can really take Q on, on his level, that would have been interesting. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Have Wesley phase in. Sure. Because he'd be all, hey. I can be as dickish as I want because time has no meaning and thus morality is a fiction. Boom! Dug it. Who is more... I guess Q is more powerful, but... I don't know. Well, because we don't really... All we have is Q's word on the subject in terms of that. Like, he says that he's all-powerful. He says that he's omnipotent. But really, he just is more powerful than anybody else. But, like, in a Q traveler showdown, like, it could be that, like, the traveler is not as powerful as Q or... Maybe they're e- like, or or we don't know. Q's a bit of a braggart. I don't feel like he's he's unreliable. The things that he tells us about himself, I don't think we can necessarily buy it. You know, my favorite thing about Q. I know this is supposed to be a crusher episode, but I can just say my favorite thing about Q. It's when he calls the captain El Capitan. Right. I find it charming. Yeah. El Capitan. And he brings, and he brings a mariachi band in sometimes. It's adorable. I tell you, I for one am glad that Picard and Beverly never got together. I mean, as, as I'm sure that would be hot, frankly, you need somebody that you don't sleep with who's known you forever. Like, that's an important relationship to have. Kind of a, kind of a Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, 30 yeah. Rock situation. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Here's the thing I like about Bev. No matter what we- space weirdness they run into, she's just like... Yeah, uh, we found another Riker. He's the same. Sorry, guys. Nothing wrong with it. He, he's, he's Riker. There's nothing weird about this. There's no microbes here. Right. There's no interstitial time bugs here that's going to phase him out of reality later in Act 3. Shut up, Wesley. Let's talk about how hard it must be for Wesley to have such a righteous hot mom. Like, do you think that some of... Like, do you you think, or do you think maybe he's just sort of never noticed that his mother is St. Beverly? I think you don't notice that. I mean, and he's so, you know, Crusher is so clueless. Like, how would he even? Good point. He's not going to, he's not going to pick up on social clues. Yeah, that's right. And he's not like he has a bunch of friends to be like, dude, your mom's hot. And anyway, he would be like, this 24th century, he'd be like, hey, maybe stop objectifying the chief medical officer on the Enterprise, dumbass. Right. 
<laughs> Do you think Wesley ever um, had to go visit his mom when she was doing aerobics with Troy and kind of lingered too long? Oh, of course. And you... Troy was like, get out of here. <laughs> You weirdo. I'm sure that Troy is uh, featured prominently in many adolescent sexual awakenings across all the genders. Troy had, had first of all, she's into polyamory. Uh, she, but the problem with Troy, here's the problem with crushing on Troy. She can just look at you and know. Like you want to, ideally, you want your crush to be on somebody who will never in a thousand years know your shame. But Troy <laughs> could kn- will know your shame in a heartbeat. She's like, I smell some shame. Oh, it's Wesley. Yeah. Wesley's yeah. here. That's that shame I'm smelling. I know this is a crusher episode, but Troy's powers were pretty adjustable to the situation. <laughs> like she could tell someone was was ashamed. Like she could tell what someone was thinking sometimes. Sometimes it's like, oh, I get a vague sense of malaise. Like, there's something he's hiding. I'm not sure what it is. Hmm. Sometimes, uh, you just, the writers just needed to give her something to say. I feel like. Yeah, that's true. She got better as the seasons went on. Her character got more rich she and did. had more interesting things to do. Um, apparently, Wesley's name was almost Leslie. Wow. Leslie Crusher. Yeah, there's no coming back yeah. from that. No. Beverly's wiki page, it has uh, her casting breakdown. It says Leslie's 35-year-old mother. Wow. I think they both the crush. There were there were some crusherless moments on the Enterprise. Beverly's off teaching, I guess teaching. Is that what they said she did? No, she was running the hospital. Some hospital. Like okay. medical, like central medical town. I don't know what it's the planet planet feel better. <laughs> she was on the, she was at the surgery planet wing. Planet feel better. <laughs> the surgery wing of Mount Bandetatron. She was working in the iodine mines of <laughs> Castle Four. <laughs> you you remember that? Do you remember that spinoff of Mash that took place in a hospital? What was that spinoff of MASH with, like... Trapper John MD? Trapper John MD, yeah, of course, obviously. There should be, like, a Beverly Crusher MD spinoff of that year that he, she was off the Enterprise in the hospital. Uh, uh, absolutely. She, she could be been. like, back when I was in the service, I used to serve with this one Klingon, and then she would tell a funny story, just like in Trapper John. When Trapper John be like, I used to bunk with the guy who made his own martini gin. He brewed it up proper mm. in Korea. Like, then I'm sure that's not what Trapper John sounded like. But my point being, right? And then he could be like, I knew somebody who could read minds, but only occasionally. And her name was Deanna Troy. Like, she could tell funny stories while solving medical mysteries and having, you know, soap opera dramas with her people who worked at the hospital in space. Megan, I will say again, there are zero things preventing us from making this television show. <laughs> uh, I would like to hear about Beverly making her own uh, martini gin. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you just said. It was incredible. I would watch that show uh, like crazy. Um, Don't you think you're overreacting a little? Don't talk back to me. Okay, I won't. 
Where do you think you're going? Away from you! The two mystery Crusher episodes are, are both really solid, I think. The one where she gets uh, uh, phased by the warp core into a different universe and all yeah. the people are disappearing. Oh, that was great! Yeah, that was a really good that one. That was a really great one. I loved that episode. Uh, and then there was a guy who had invented the shield that you could go into the sun. And uh, one of the other dudes who was there to check it out ended up killing the killing the guy. Hey, man, sometimes you got to kill guys. And, and trying to steal it. Sometimes you got to kill yeah. guys and steal their inventions. They did not get to know that it was the 24th century. That's right. They're going to be on this show with the drunk captain. Uh, that should be the other spinoff. The drunk captain and the and the let's see it would be drunk captain let's put this is our band of here's our cast members they will all be the rapscallions of the of the enterprise of the show rapscallions of next generation mm-hmm. drunk captain Vosh, uh uh-huh. people who try to kill people and then steal their stuff um the sexy guy who escaped from the prison planet who are the other rapscallions you know the sexy guy oh. who escaped from james cromwell in a turtleneck Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that Okona? No, that was somebody else. And uh, then Max Headroom. Yeah. Put them all together in a boat. And be like, uh-huh. we're in this boat now. Better better come up with some hijinks. Um, man, Barkley would be a great guest on Crusher MD. Barkley would be the best guest. Uh, oh, it could be... Oh, I got, it. I got the scene right here. Crusher sitting in her office... Uh, a nurse comes in. She's like, Dr. Crusher, there's someone here to see you. And she says, I don't have time right now. And she says, he says he's an old friend. And then Barkley comes like <laughs> sad dogging it in. <laughs> he's got like a, like his arm has fallen off or whatever. <laughs> and then Crusher has to be like, oh, so when you said old friend, <laughs> you just meant acquaintance who once imperiled the ship a couple of times. Unless he got like some kind of he got that aging disease, or maybe then that's she's the like, joke. he's like Beverly, don't you recognize me? I'm all I'm old Barkley. Maybe that's the joke. Maybe Barkley comes in every week with a <laughs> terrible malady. He's like uh, he's like uh, Brett Spiner's character on Night Court. <laughs> Brett Spiner <laughs> was on Night Court. Yeah, he played the. They were like the, the Rube. You know, backwards oh, family. That's was in New York right. for Right, Brett yeah. Spiner. He contains multitudes. He was so great on Night Court. Yeah. Night Court was yeah, a great was. show. One yep. of these days, we should have a podcast called "Set Phasers to Night Court," and we could just talk about Night Court. Is there any other Night Court TNG crossover? I can't think of any. Marky Post was she ever run? I don't think so. She should have been. I'm sure an extra was crossover. Near, but near, I, near. I don't know. And I would likewise like to see Wesley get brought before Judge Stone. Oh, that's right. That'd be and Judge Stone You know him- what would happen, though? What would happen is, like, by the end of the episode, Judge Stone is just teaching him magic tricks. And we all have to kind of deal with it. <laughs> I tend to think... Uh, maybe Judge Stone tries some jokes out on him, and Wesley just kind of like smiles and nods and doesn't understand 
the words he's saying, and then he tries to, then he takes him under the wing and tries to teach him magic. And then Wesley, Wesley learns magic, a la Piscopo, Jim Morrison. Uh, Judge Stone from, is the only joke-telling magician who consistently got laid in the history of the world. Like, he was a sexy judge who also did magic. That's not a sentence that gets spoken very often. That's true. He was also a fictional character. <laughs> Good point. Oh, I hope there's a real-life judge somewhere who, like, really wants to be Harry Stone and does magic on the on the weekends outside of his town. <laughs> who has a huge, who's a huge uh, fan of Mel Torme. Remember that? What if Mel Torme yeah. taught you about... Mel Torme would be better than Piscopo. I would like to learn about 20th century comedy mm. from a 20th century lounge singer. Mel Torme, what yeah. do you got? Yeah, Harry Anderson could have done it too. Harry Any, John Larroquette could have done it. Archie Post. Any of the whole cast Charles of Night Court. What if they just bring yeah. in the cast of Night Court to teach data about comedy? Acceptable. <laughs> Computer, recreate Night Court set. <laughs> wow, what a wow. <laughs> 20th century. Wah, wah, wah. Ha. Ha. Not so sure. Hi. 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 Thanks for listening, everybody. If if you've got any questions or comments, we'd love to hear them. It's uh, at setphaserspod. It's uh, setphaserstofundpod at gmail.com. If you like uh, Gmail... We're on Facebook. We'd love an iTunes review if you got time to do that. Well, but only if the friends. review is not like, they stink. Like, if you're going to bother to take yeah. the time, then say a nice thing, maybe. I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I'm just saying. Isn't there enough hate in the world? That's all I'm saying. To date, the only review we have on iTunes is was written by myself. <laughs> so. I hope you said good things. If you review things. us on iTunes. I did. <laughs> good job. Uh. Uh, if you write us a review on iTunes, we'll read your name on the air. A little bit of it of uh, fame for you. All right, good job. Thanks for listening, Thanks, everybody. Uh, we've done it. All right, guys, uh, signing off. Bye. And then I just slapped him really hard. I slapped Wesley. Do you know why you did it? I'd never hit my son in his life. Beverly, this is important. What were you thinking when you hit Wes? I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just angry. <laughs>